You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded podcast where we talk about shows, movies that uh, have been out for a while. True classics only. Today, we are talking about a movie by Nicholas Winding Refn. This is the first movie that we're going to be talking about by him. And uh, this was a bit of a strange choice. We decided to go with Valhalla Rising, which is, I believe, his second English language film after the movie Bronson. And right before he would receive international acclaim with Drive. Uh, this movie is a highly personal movie. Um, honestly, very hard to spoil. But like, if you do care about spoilers, I think we pretty much say everything right at the beginning. Like the summary of this movie is a spoiler because I don't think the point of this movie is the plot. So know that going in. Uh, God, there's not even music in this. Um, I mean, there is kind of. I'll find some kind of music to to lead us over into into our talk about Valhalla Rising. Here's here's something. Here it is. Listening to another episode of Heatwave Movies, Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the show that is pre-recorded, in which we talk about movies which have been out for ten years. Today's movie has been out for ten years. It's wow. 2019, right? Oh, it's 2020. Holy crap! It's been out for 11 years. My goodness. Um, yeah. So last time uh, we talked about a movie, and at the very end of that, we decided we were going to watch a movie by the director of Drive, Nicholas Winding Refn. Now, Nicholas Winding Refn has actually done a bunch of movies. Uh, he's mostly, I'm going to say he's mostly an indie film director. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn is free to block me on Twitter if I am incorrect about that. But like his really big breakout movie, as far as I'm concerned, is Drive which is like his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's his eighth movie. And like before that, he directed actually a few very critical darlings. Uh, he's a Danish movie. He's a Danish director. So he's done a few, like he did a, quite a few Danish movies. And I think his first, his first movie, like his breakout hit in English was the movie Bronson about English criminal Charles Bronson, uh, which we did not watch today. Uh, his next movie was Valhalla Rising, which is also English language. But I got to say, this movie probably, this movie is a much, I don't know what Bronson is. I haven't seen Bronson, but I would imagine this movie is a much smaller scale movie than that because this movie is a much smaller scale movie than just about anything. Um, Valhalla Rising is, uh, I guess to summarize really, really quickly, it's about a deaf warrior potentially in Scotland, it's not 100% sure, it's not 100% clear where he is, that just sort of uh, goes with the flow. Like, he's he's a very good warrior, and, like, he winds up going with some crusaders, and then uh, he goes to a place, and he fights a lot, and eventually he dies. 
Um, it's really, I don't know exactly what the plot of this movie is. Like I've seen it and I do understand what's happening throughout the movie, but like the plot is not the point I would say, uh, Pierre, what did you think of this movie before I forget that you're on this podcast too? <laughs> uh, it's cool. I, this movie was a very odd experience. I don't know if I've seen many movies like it, honestly. Um, yeah, I, 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 okay, like, I'm just going to say I didn't really like it. Um, I thought it was Fair. very against what I usually like. Like, it employed, it was a very slow, um, passive plot, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of stuff kind of happens to the main character and, uh, he doesn't really have much, yeah, control over what's happening in the movie. Um, and then like, despite it's an hour and a half length, I thought it was relatively slow too. just it because did feel long. Yeah. Just because of the way it's, you know, like there's not, not that much dialogue. Um, and a lot of the scenes just drag on for a long time. Um, and, and, and it employs a lot of different odd effects. Like a lot, like there's a ton of slow motion in this movie. Uh, I also want to say they, I mean, this isn't implied in the length, but like they, it looked like they were filming it in a higher frame rate or something. I don't know, but a lot of the scenes in this, maybe it was a filter they used, but they looked very uh, unrealistic. Like there was, there were times when I thought like the, the actors could, could be like computer generated or something. Um, it has to be really I good computer generation, but like. It it just looked a little fake at times, and that that was probably part of the that might have been part of like what the director wanted. But it yeah, was just I got a very say, odd movie to look at. In general, the visuals of this movie were. I'm not sure if this is a good or a bad thing, but they were definitely a highlight of the movie. Like they were they were very you noticed them. Yeah. Um, this movie, I gotta say, if I took any individual frame of this movie, I think I could make it a wallpaper. Like it looked really nice individually. I it, it looked very strange as a movie. It did, yeah. I I I want to say it was a lot of green screen. There were some scenes where the characters definitely looked off, but also I think that was good for the movie because the movie I think is attempting to establish kind of a dream. It was very dreamy, and yeah, they're they're able to accomplish certain things with the production design in terms of like colors and stuff like that because of uh, of like the fact that they can put anything on the screen and uh it, it wasn't really shot i don't think too much of it was shot on on location so i yeah, believe the, actually all of it was shot on location i could be really i could be wrong about that but like oh, okay the wikipedia says that it was shot entirely in scotland which doesn't necessarily mean shot entirely on location in scotland but I believe it was interesting. Okay, because there was there was some effects with like the uh, the lighting and stuff in, in the sky, and 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 other things with like like on the boat. I definitely thought that was a set. Um, boat could have been a set because been, the yeah. boat didn't have very much to do. It was just like in the middle really of fog. Did. Exactly. So, but either either way, yeah, just very very visually intriguing. Even though, um, well, I guess well, what did you think of the plot? I personally didn't really care for it. I don't think the plot was the point is what I think of the plot. Yeah. Um, this movie felt like a very personal project to me. Uh, I mean, at the very end, the, the credits literally start with uh, the director uh, dedicating this movie to his father. 
So that's part of why I think that. But also, like, I'm not entirely sure what this movie was uh, trying to get at. Uh, I know it was, it had some point, but like, I don't think, I think this was more trying to get into the mind of these characters or like make some point about either the past or the human condition or something than it was about trying to get a plot because really all it was was dude escapes uh dude hooks up with some crusaders they go the wrong way and they all die yeah that's not, the plot. not much to it i did was it a metaphor for i feel like i'm missing something like i thought initially uh, a couple times it felt very symbolic or uh, i thought there was like maybe a religious metaphor in there um i think you're right i with, don't with know what the, it was the, the, there was the emphasis on sacrifice and like there was lots of uh the the movie divides itself in like these parts right and the uh, a couple of the parts like part four i believe was hell and then part five was sacrifice so at that point i was kind of considering like oh maybe yeah like maybe all these things are reflecting uh moments in the bible or something like that but i i i couldn't really find anything there too much that related to the bible in the end um but i yeah, also don't I'm, know it very well so i'm not sure it was a specific metaphor but those uh the parts definitely reflected the character's personal journey um the character being uh mads mickelson's deaf warrior one eye or no not deaf he's he's mute he may mm. not be deaf he's he definitely hears yeah um but yeah he's a viking warrior named one eye who just is a really good fighter that's that's his pretty <laughs> that's much his arc but like at the beginning it says wrath and that's where he's like a prisoner and he's fighting for his life and then at the end it's sacrifice where he dies so like but the thing is like he basically voluntarily dies because he gives himself up to save um this kid that's been following him around or at least like it kind of seems like he's doing that it's hard to know because he doesn't say anything and also i can't remember if the kid dies certainly not on screen um yeah i don't think he does so like i'm not sure what to think of this movie is this this isn't plot focused but is this a character study i don't really know um it feels like it's got to be a metaphor for something but i am stupid so i don't know what it's a metaphor for yeah and i i honestly i don't really love movies that do that uh especially like because yeah that's the thing it feels like a movie that's relying on a metaphor i don't mm -hmm. know what it is um and that makes it feel pretty just pretentious and uh it feels like uh it, it kind of like uh it's like a movie that's i guess it's like just a movie that's trying to be smart but actually just isn't or even if well... it's even if it's pretentious like i, I wish it was like good or, or like very competent competent in other aspects but again i can't really uh point anything out other than the some of the visuals like i did say like i keep bringing this up but i think this is a very personal movie like i it does come across as pretentious but i don't think it's necessarily trying to be smarter than it is like i think i mentioned this to you the same way uh, a while ago this is one of those movies i've seen a few of kinds of movies like this where like the director has to get something out of his system. Like he's got this movie in him and he has to get it out so that he can work on his next movie. And that's what this felt like. And like, um, but the thing is like, if somehow or another, 
if, if we decided to go through and watch every Nicholas Winding Refn movie, uh, I think this would be like one that we'd forget because this isn't him making a movie for us. This is him making a movie for him. And like, yeah. this isn't really a story. This is just sort of like, it's not even just like notes. It's just like, this is, this is sort of a personal essay. He puts that off and then like he makes drive, which is a story. Yeah. So it's like a, an interesting, I guess drive was much more of a, uh, I guess it's it's almost like I guess for Drive. I, I mean I haven't seen it yet, but I'm guessing like he was trying more because yeah, like you say, it's a personal story. So when he was writing this, he just didn't really care. It's almost like he didn't care how it would turn out because he just wanted to see what he wanted to see. So um, yeah, like oh, I, gosh. I guess he has I a lot more you. potential than is shown in the in the movie at the time. I wish that I'd known that you hadn't seen Drive. <laughs> oh. Wait, I thought you knew. I totally told you. <laughs> oh, I, I was not listening. Oh, never mind. Maybe I didn't. Um, anyway, it, does, it doesn't yeah. matter. We're here to talk about Valhalla Rising, but we did pick this movie because it is a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, and Nicholas Winding Refn is a sort of up and... Well, I mean, he's been directing since 1996, so it's hard to call him up and coming, but like, aside from Drive and I guess Bronson before, I don't really think he's had a big, big movie yet. Um, oh, that's fair. Yeah. So like to some degree, he is still, I would say sort of an up and coming director, but like he's very well respected within Hollywood. Like Hideo Kojima put him in a game as a main character, which is weird, but he's there. Right. So like people respect him. So I wanted to talk to you about like, let's talk about the directing of this movie. If we can, if there's much to talk about, what did you think? Just, I guess, generally and specific thoughts. So everything. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, like in general, I, I'm not always a fan of the this this time of the, these types of movies in that like this genre. It's a it's a period like medieval movie. Um, I don't usually really like those unless they, they have some fantasy aspects. But even then, it's like kind of iffy. I don't I just don't always like the the aesthetic of it. So it's it's kind of like from the start, I was I I was kind of biased towards this movie. Um, and then also in terms of the visuals, it reminds me a lot of uh, Zack Snyder's visuals. And that's a lot of slow, dramatic shots, which I like absolutely hate. Uh, the lighting is very, uh, I guess it's like, it feels like, I don't know how to say it. He, he makes all, use of a lot of shadows, I think. Lots of shadows and non-light, like uh, non-lighting. Mm -hmm. And for a more, I guess, I, th I want to say cinematic, but gritty effect and i i just i hate that style of uh, that look of movie too um like I, I i actually really refused to watch 300 um and, and watchmen i think it was pretty obvious too i didn't like those effects that effect of cinematography that much it just, it just feels overly stylized and polished and uh I, I just think it's it's bad and gross to watch and that's the thing is like a lot of this movie was based on the visuals mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, I actually, I, oh, no, go ahead. I was done. I was going to say, I actually like the visuals like 300. You said 300 and it's not one of my favorite movies anymore, but like for a long time, it was just honestly straight up because of the visuals. Um, but like, I don't know how much folk metal and black metal you listen to, but this movie is basically the ultimate folk metal music video. If it had music <laughs> behind it, like yeah. this is what, this is what black metal music videos look like. Yeah. Uh, if, that would honestly the, be like the, the one thing. If the band has already sold out and has money behind them. 
<laughs> I I think it would have fit a lot, but I also would have hated it even more just because I don't love that genre of music. Well, I mean, um, so. if it was a music video, we probably wouldn't be talking about well, it. Well, that too, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I totally see what you mean. I, I could see that. It's a very conceptual and metaphor So, yeah, definitely cool for a music video. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't know. I guess I mad. I was surprised to see Mads in this. Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I guess this was before he got relatively big. So, well, two thousand nine wasn't sense, he already right? in Hannibal? No, I don't think so. I th I thought that was started in twenty thirteen. Let me find. Oh, he was. Oh man, yeah. Okay, he was mostly a Casino Royale. I think before this. Casino Royale before this. Yeah, this was. I'm not. I think this may have been. This might have been his second English language movie if Casino Royale was his first. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Cool. Okay. He had been in English language movies before, but like Casino Royale was his breakout English role. And this was his first English movie afterwards. Oh, okay. I'm not 100% sure, but it's, yeah. he's not a big guy at this point. Yeah. But either way, it was, it was surprising to see him. He's definitely the only uh, person that I guess became a, a relatively big star. Um, and, in general so uh, that that was cool I, I i mean i don't think he it was a much very demanding of a performance in my opinion so it was kind of odd to see uh, kind of sad to see him waste in my opinion wasted on that and uh everyone else like was all right i didn't really love or hate anyone and yeah uh, i would say yeah. mads mickelson i thought he did well but not letting Mads Mikkelsen speak is a really unfortunate choice because he's he's such a good like he's such a good actor when he's allowed to we've we just talked about this in another episode um you know there's he's such a good actor when he's allowed to actually do more than just physical acting and as a physical actor he's not bad but like that's not where his talents lie either no it really isn't i i think I think his voice is actually a big part of his acting specifically. I love his voice. But yeah, uh, not a great role for him to showcase himself, his skills no. or, or or the cast in general. So um, yeah, do, do you have anything else to say? Oh man, I wish I did, but I think I'm yeah. about done. Like there's, the thing is this movie, I personally think that this movie is so personal to Nicholas Winding Refn and potentially, and like, I guess anyone who sees it that since it didn't resonate with me, I don't have anything to say about this. Nicholas Winding Refn, I'm sure, will tell you, will talk to you about this movie for three hours. Unfortunately, I am not him. Yeah, I. <laughs> that's that may, I would never be able to talk about this for that long. Uh, I would honestly, though, like, I I would love to talk to the director about it and like just to understand what he was trying to do here because I think that'd be oh. interesting. I'll put him on my list of people we will contact and never get in touch with. Yes, but, that uh, would be yeah, sick. I would really like to know what this movie is about because I, watching this movie, I was I was trying to pay attention and trying to figure out what this movie is, and like, I mean, I already said it this episode. I'm dumb, so of course I'm not going to figure it out. But like, I I was a little confused at like, what is this movie trying to say? And I could try watching it again and figure and try figuring out what this movie means to me. But like this movie, I think we've described movies like this before. Like this movie to me was like art, but like modern art where 
I actually am a I, I'm a huge fan of modern art actually. So like don't take that as a negative. <laughs> but um I think that like with a lot of modern art, what it means is very specific to either how it was created or what it means specifically to the person viewing it. And to me, this didn't mean very much to me personally as someone viewing this movie. So like I can watch it again and try and interpret it. But like, I think that this movie is extremely meaningful for the people involved. I just really wish I knew why. And that's mm -hmm. not me saying like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's a bad movie. That's me saying I would really like to know, you know, what Mads Mikkelsen thinks, what Nicholas Winding Refn thinks, what anyone involved in this movie thinks of this movie, because I'm genuinely curious about all of the parts of this movie that I did not understand. Yeah, I, I do. I will, I will say I give props in terms of this is a very risky movie to make. And again, I haven't seen many things like it. So uh, I'll, I give respect for that. And like, it was a unique movie for sure. And I, I can't take that away from it. It's just, yeah, it, it wasn't that good. So um, yeah, either, either way, I, I appreciate the effort from everyone. So uh, let's real quick uh, give this movie a rating. What do you think? Uh, I guess we just had a lengthy discussion about bits and pieces, but like, I would say, um, yeah, overall, it's not not great, unique, and looks interesting at times. So I'd honestly probably say like a three out of ten, maybe two, and um, I can I kind of wish I didn't have to give it that because I think this it had a lot. It could have been it could have been good if if only the they tried a little more to make it more mainstream, but. Uh, again, I respect that I and that 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 wasn't really the point of the movie, so that's totally fine, but not not my type of movie. I didn't like it. I think that what for what this movie is, it is very good. Unfortunately, I have no idea what this movie is. So I would say I'm gonna put it at a three two because I have no idea how to recommend this movie to anybody. But I do think that, like, it's a movie that's very worth it for the right person. I just have no idea who that would be. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you either. Maybe a very more... Nah, no, never mind. I can't think of anyone. Now that I know that you haven't seen Drive, I will make sure that at some point in the future, I'm going to add it to our list of movies that, I've, I, that, that we got to watch at some point, but uh, I have forgotten most of them. Uh, we're going to watch Drive at some point so that you can see Drive. Sick. Um, I'd love to. But in the meantime, I'm gonna go get our wheel so that we can figure out what we're watching next time. Uh, awesome. Pierre, why don't you uh, why don't you keep our audience entertained for a couple of minutes? Uh, so I want to. I I'm really sad. I, I'm not gonna be able to watch a lot of the movies that potentially could have come out this fall. I do know there's potential for Tenet to come out in theaters and very soon in canada though and i believe there's another movie that's coming out soon i can't remember there is one though it's uh, a movie we're going to talk about on this podcast actually Ooh, what's it called the new mutants oh oh damn it oh wait i and i promise i chop my balls off if it comes out oh, oh shit oh well you hadn't promised that on the podcast until oh. today so now was... now it's not just me holding it to you holding you to it yeah, I'm looking at it now, and I'm damn like they're really they're really going ahead with this. Um. Hmm. Oh, and uh, 
Mulan's coming out on digital on digital with Disney yeah. Plus this month, which is uh, actually pr- some really big news in my opinion, just because of like this isn't this isn't a small movie like Scooby Doo that's going straight to VOD. This is a huge Scooby Doo was not supposed to be a small movie. Scooby Doo is y- launching a universe f- for some reason. Well, yeah, but like in terms of budget, I don't think it was that big. And I, I think it was a relatively big risk. Whereas Mulan was like guaranteed at least like six hundred million dollars. Uh, it had probably I think it had probably like a one hundred fifty million dollar budget. It's uh, and putting it straight to VOD is like a pretty big deal in my opinion, especially especially the way they're doing it too. So it's going on Disney Plus, but you also need to pay thirty dollars to rent it for Which a is- couple of days. This is a very odd business model. So, but we're gonna see how that works out because they really need to make up for not being able to release this in theaters, and a lot of people are gonna pirate this as well. So, yeah. Um, gosh, what was I gonna say about Scoob? Oh yeah. Uh, just real quick, uh, Scoob. I don't know if it was a big risk, but it was a big bad. It's not good. Don't watch it. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. So here I have our wheel. You ready to hear that wheel spin? Yes, let's do it. Here's the spinning wheel, and the wheel is spinning. Oh, no! Landed on my least favorite square. And what is it? A movie by Sofia Coppola. Oh, my God. Let's find out what we're going to watch by Sofia Coppola. Okay, so I'm never going to just brush over the most obvious choice ever again. The (laughs) the most obvious choice is Lost in Translation. Have you seen this movie? I have seen it. And do you, you want to watch it again? What are I the don't. other movies she has? Yeah, I'd rather not either. <laughs> All right. Um, so her first movie was The Virgin Suicides, which I have not seen, but that's her first movie. It's got Kirsten Dunst in it and Josh Hart in it. Interesting. Um, her third movie is Marie Antoinette, which I remember being, oh, she's had a lot of Kirsten Dunst in her movies. So she has The Virgin Suicides, uh, Lost in Translation, Marie Antoinette, Somewhere, The Bling Ring. Uh, that's all I can see right now. Oh, The Beguiled, I guess, is the last. And, and On the Rocks, which is not yet out. So I would say of her movies, the best three, the, the three that are really up for consideration here are The Virgin Suicides, Lost in Translation, and Marie Antoinette. We have both already established that we do not like Lost in Translation. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me a very Merry Christmas is not in the cards? That's... Don't... It's not good, dude. <laughs> I didn't expect so. Uh, I was also thinking... I was looking at Bling Ring, but... Have you seen that before? I have, and it's okay. Um, oh, but if you've it, already seen it, that's fair. The, the Bling Ring, it wasn't a straight-to-Netflix movie, but it feels like a straight-to-Netflix movie. Oh, okay. That's fair. I actually um, didn't mind it. But, like, that's what we'd be getting ourselves into. Yeah. Then I am down for either, yeah, Virgin Suicide. Have you seen Virgin Suicides or Marie Antoinette? I have seen neither of those. So I guess the question here is, do we want to talk about... I think I think the Virgin Suicides is a good choice, and I'll tell you why. Because Sofia Coppola, um, both of us don't know... Neither of us knows her very well. Like, we've both seen Lost in Translation. I've seen The Bling Ring. Uh, it sounds like we've both seen A Very Murray Christmas. I have not. I, you have not? Okay. I would well, never you, you watch can... it. Okay. Um, so, like, 
I think it might be interesting to see where she started. Like, because, because Marie Antoinette, that could be her best movie. I don't know. But if we go into Marie Antoinette, then we're getting Sofia Coppola three movies in, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, it might, with the Virgin Suicides, we can like, that's, that's a fresh director with a fresh first movie. We're seeing like, what is, uh, what, how'd she start? What's, what's going on? Where with Marie Antoinette, it would be interesting to have the con the the um the context of the last two movies before. Where, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get to it, but we could maybe. Oh, sick! All right, yeah. I, so let's talk really about the Virgin Suicide. Let's eh? do that. Yeah. All right. Next up, we will talk about the Virgin Suicides. Perfect. Cool. So we'll see you next time. Oh, were we not cut? Oh, sorry. I thought we were. I thought we were. <laughs> I thought we were done already. That's why I didn't say anything. Oh, that's fine. Like, Brian, you can cut wherever's appropriate. If it's too awkward of a long pause, then just cut it there. 